From Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 469. Today's show is brought to you by Micro.blog, Harry's, and Hello. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty nice, some would say. Pretty, it's very nice. Nice episode. Nice intro. I thought you, um, I thought you really, really uh, did an exquisite job on the intro this morning. It Thank was you. just, uh, you know, it's always like, you know... You're always like a solid, you know, 9.5 right. to 9.8 out of 10, like every week. This was a solid 10. It was uh, it was very, very nice. I liked it. This is what they pay me the big bucks for, you know? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a question, though, for you. A little bit of random off-topicness before we start. Is that okay? I would love it. Are we actually recording on your wedding anniversary? Yes. Yes, we're doing that, yep. <laughs> so that is literally today, and we yep. were talking to this fool uh-huh. about pens. Yes. Today, uh-huh. on your wedding anniversary. Yes. Mm, do I need to have a talk with Adina after this? And No, we celebrated last weekend. Okay. And we're doing <laughs> some stuff today. Like uh, That's right. why I'm recording at home today. I didn't go to the studio today. Uh, uh, so, so we're spending more time together today than we usually do. Gotcha. Plus, uh, we had like a whole big thing that we did on the weekend, and we're having a nice dinner at home tonight. Very nice. Don't worry. Very nice. I, I, and also, surprise flowers just arrived. Just like got like a whole thing going on over here. Nice. Don't, worry. Don't you worry about me. All I'm right. a Casanova at heart. <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations to you both. Thank you very much. All right. Um, the rest of the show, I'm just going to be congratulating myself, Mike, because oh, I have one a of lot those, of new... is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a lot of new things I'm very happy about, so we're just going to go like, yay me all the way through um, on this. But no, I, I really... We haven't had like a product catch-up discussion in a few weeks. And I like to always revisit the things that I use, talk about the things I review. Because a lot of times, say, like if I review a pen, like the review just kind of exists and we don't always recap them on the show. Not that we need to. I'm not saying that's like we need to. But sometimes reviews are difficult for me to write and it's easier to talk about a pen like the Platinum Procyon on the podcast. I find it to be a little bit easier to discuss that, you know, with you and and the listeners than actually writing that review because it's one of those pens that I love. I love the Platinum Procyon. I don't know who I would recommend this pen to. Yeah, right. so this is it's, an interesting pen, the Procyon, right? And I reckon it's one that even the most seasoned of pen addict might not be that familiar with because mm-hmm. of its quite peculiar place in the market. It is the upgraded, upgraded version of the Preppy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do have a, a tiny correction I need to make in there, although I don't, I don't think it changes the premise, and I, I keep meaning to get to this. The Preppy nib is actually a little bit different than the Procyon in the feed, but it doesn't mm-hmm. really change much, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But the Procyon, like you say, it. I love all of Platinum's pens. I especially love their entry-level pens. I mean, obviously, I love their their gold nib pins too. They're some of my favorite, like just across the board. Platinum does a good job, but what Platinum excels at, in my book, is the entry level type of product. I think, in general terms, they are probably the best five dollar, twenty dollar pin. You know, depending on the model, the Preppy being about five dollars and the Plazier being around. Actually, it's only about seventeen dollars. Because of the nib and the writing experience, and then they have, no matter the price point, they have the slip and seal feature in the cap, which allows you to ink a pen, either cartridge or converter. These are all cartridge converter pens. And as long as the cap's on, the ink's really not going to dry out. Like, I've had a preppy inked, and then it gets set in the closet of doom and not be touched for a year, you uncap it and it just writes immediately, right? It's it's a really neat technology and you can get that in, a, in their $5 pen. So you they ramp that up into the Plazier model, which goes from a plastic barrel in the Preppy to an aluminum barrel in the Plazier, same type of nib, same filling system, little cooler, you know, more, more fancy look, like, you know, like a gradient 
type of aluminum anodizing on the barrel and they're less than $20. Hey, great. It's like, I got my preppy. I figured out, hey, I like fountain pens. I want to discover more. Here's my upgrade. Well, then you take that idea and you turn it into the Procyon, except you're now charging over $60 for that. And I'm not sure what you're getting for that 40 something dollar price difference. And that's what it was. It was hard to explain that in the review because I'm not going to talk bad about this pen at all because there's nothing bad to talk about. It's excellent. It feels good. It works good. The nib is awesome. Like I like the cartridges that platinum uses. I like their ink and it just feels great. But you have competition like anything from Twisby in this range, which you get, I don't want to say more bang for your buck, but I, I guess that's the best way to say it. You get a piston filler and you get more heft and you get like a more serious fountain pen. Nicer design you know? too, I think. Yeah, it could be. Could be nicer I think the Procyon's a bit boring. For, for my taste, I think it's got a bit of a boring look. It's basic. Actually, the Plazier has a little bit more style and aesthetic than the Procyon is very... Um, ABC mm-hmm. design. You know, it is it is the dictionary different definition of what a fountain pen barrel should look like, right? Just the shape and the size and the overall aesthetic of it, uh, which is which is fine. And then they the one thing they do is they they tack on some bright colors, like you can get yellows and oranges and some cool things like that. And the which just, one, the Plazier or the Procyon? Oh, uh, the Procyon. The Plazier right. is the one that has like the two tone barrels, like purple right, and right, the pink, right, right, and right. you know those type of things. So it's just weird. Like it's like I will use this pen all the time. I just don't know where it exists in the grand scheme of things. And those are the things that I always find interesting. I was like, why does this pen exist? What what was Platinum's idea when they made this pen? Because if they knocked $20 off the price, it's probably getting close to making some of my top five lists, right? If this was a $35 to $40 pen, it fits into a different category. The category, the price point category that it's in... And, you know, I'm assuming Platinum has the best intentions that this is just how much the pen costs. So this is how much it needs to be sold. But where it landed, put it in a confusing area because Mm. you can get some really, I think, better pens for the same price, even less. uh, Pilot had the same problem with the Prera, right? The Prera is just widely regarded as a great pen. I love the Prera. It's one of my first fountain pens. Same here, same here. It's smaller, it's lightweight, it's classically designed, it's got some cool colors, like dependent, you can shop around and find like a pink barrel or a translucent barrel. And then at one point, they had raised the price like up almost to like $50 on the prayer. And I was like, oh no, (laughs) this is a different, you know, this is a, a different solution we're getting here. And I'm not sure it's the answer to a lot of these questions. And now... Like, I don't know if the price has fallen, but like you can get prayers like in the $30 range. Like this is what I find the Procyon to be. It's it's the pilot prayer, which means it should be like $40 or less. And then like I would be like shouting from the rooftops at how great this pen is. But, you know, it's picking nits, but that's what I do because I just think the number they put on this is just strange. Mm. So the one thing that does interest me and I think is even more compelling is that they have released some of the Mackier Procyons, which is kind of weird in after saying this about the pen, but you can get like painted on like the Japanese artwork. Um, There's a couple of different models. I'll put a link in the show notes to Warbler on a plum tree and that's the Procyon barrel with artwork on it. It's one hundred and forty dollars. I don't. I'd argue that that's like the better purchase, right? For something yeah. special. This I don't know beautiful. that you're getting. Yeah, like I would rather pay one hundred and forty dollars for that mm-hmm. than sixty five dollars for the basic black one, right? I Does agree that with make you. sense? Okay. Oh, it, make, like, it makes I, perfect sense to me because now you've taken it and you've 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 made it special. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah, it's a lot more money. It's twice the price, basically, but. Now you have something like you have an artisan pen now, right? Yeah. Like someone someone's painted that on there for you. Like mm-hmm. if this is if you want Macai, like if you want that, like on a pen, this is 
probably one of the cheapest ways to get that effect on something that you know is going to be a decent writing experience. Right. And Platinum does this with other, they have their own, they have a line that I've reviewed before. It's, it's, it's still a steel nib pen and I forget the model name of it, but uh, I did a Mount Fuji one. They do, Platinum does a good job of having these types of art based pens in the hundred dollar range. And like, I would, I would prefer in, you know, everyone's situation is different. Like a new person coming into the hobby is never going to buy this pen. That's silly. Unless they fell in love with the design, right? Like, right, right, right. But if I had, you know, a choice of one of two pens, like I would rather spend $140 and get something like completely enjoyable than something more basic like the Procyon. Mm. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's weird because it is so good. Like it is a legitimately good pen and I just, it kind of vanishes in the sea of pens based on the price point. So anyway, that's, that's my thoughts on that. And, um, like I'm, I will be looking to use this pen. I, I enjoy it, but like, I just don't know that I can just blindly recommend it to anybody just because of what's around it. So anyway, I just wanted to, Wanted to get my feelings out again on the Procyon, but um, yeah, there you go. Some new inks that I'm tempted by, Mike. Susan mm-hmm. reviewed on the Pen Addict last week, two weeks ago. Scribo. So they're an Italian brand. They make great fountain pens. I have not used them. I've seen them. Susan's reviewed one for the blog. They're very nice, very expensive pens, you know, like $500 to $800 pens. Um, really, really beautifully made. And they came out with a ink lineup in the past year or so, sometime last year. And they were the ones, I don't know if you recall, Mike, and I don't know if we actually discussed it on the show or not, but they're the ones that come in these gigantic glass bottles that are the biggest, biggest, heaviest ink bottles I've ever seen in my life. They're like doorstop level ink bottles, right? And and what they feel like. But the inks in them are brilliant like she reviewed blue capri and arancia di sicilia um shout out arancia to di sicilia. <laughs> shout out to italy for mm-hmm. uh, winning their semi-final match uh in the in the euros yesterday um this blue is awesome this orange is off the charts like that's like my kind of orange it's a uh, it's bright it's got shading um it's got some character to it it's not flat Right, kind of like what I think about, you know, like with Fire on Fire, it's like, yes, it's orange, but like, what else do you get from this? And this has a little bit more of a peachy feel to it, which I normally don't like, but the orange is so bright, like the redness kind of comes out in an interesting way. And I'm kind of fascinated by this, and I don't have any of the Scribo ink bottles, and I kind of want one because they're chunky. They're you know, so they're weird. Just... They're like so. I mean, I'm gonna put a link in the show notes to Apple Bomb. <laughs> I found them on Apple Bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Googling around a little bit while we were talking, and it's basically like a cube of, I'm assuming, glass. Yes, it's glass. And only fifty percent of the height is actually ink because and they're it, stackable. They're stackable. Okay. Because <laughs> I was going to say, I don't understand. It's like so much wasted space. But Yeah. It's literally like you could build one of those like glass kind of pretend see-through walls, you know, like right to like things. hide your cubicle out mm-hmm. of these bottles. These are these bottles are no joke. I can't believe, like, I don't know how you get to making the decision to make this bottle. Again, I'm trying to be other people's business people, but shipping these has to be just a flat out nightmare. They look so big, but I, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if I can get. I can't find a weight like how heavy the yeah. package would be. But yeah, there's just the scope of these inks ink bottles is enormous. <laughs> it's enormous, uh, in just the size and the weight of them. Yeah, it's crazy. So we'll ha- we'll have to look into the actual weight. I'll have to. I'm gonna end up getting this orange just to test out. I ha- I don't have it yet, but I'll, I'll get the ink bottle in hand and actually weigh it. But I mean shipping on these must be a nightmare so it's uh it's great the inks look awesome i haven't tested them out myself but i, I plan on it and mm. susan's review uh really got me got me looking into them a little more so i've I had i've had particularly like the orange but yeah i don't need another orange i know i i don't need any of this stuff mike you know i had a, I had a thing the other day so i mentioned before I, I have a selection of pens here at home i have a selection of pens at the studio and then some of my kind of more um, 
I can't think of another word, precious items I carry with me in a Notco mm-hmm. Sinclair to and from the studio every day. And the plan is always to kind of swap those out every now and then. And I kind of do that by like, as some of them start to run out of ink, I'll fill the ones that I want to keep and swap out with other pens that are at home, like which ones I want to keep in the Sinclair to, to have with me back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I realized when I was changing them out this time that of the six pens that I had in my Sinclair, because I am a Sinclair stuffer, I put six nice. pens in one of those. Sounds good with that. Uh, I had no orange and I couldn't <laughs> believe it. It's like, how is this possible? I have like 20 <laughs> orange pens, like pens that have orange ink in them. Uh, and I didn't have that. I, I rectified it, uh, but it was quite surprising to me. Yep, yep. I have a, I have a similar comment about uh, the missing ink colors here in, in a little bit we'll get to. So, uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's definitely interesting. But uh, you need to get some orange back in your life. It's easy for me. All right, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Micro.blog. If you're a pen addict who's looking to share your love of pens, ink, and stationery, you can join Micro.blog where you'll find kindred spirits. But no matter what it is that you're into, you're going to find a community here on Micro.blog. It is an easy-to-use blogging platform where you can write short or long blog posts, share photos, videos, or even host a podcast of your own. But it's more than just a place to post your stuff. It's also a friendly community of people with a wide range of interests who share and comment via micro.blog social timeline backed by a strong community, uh, strong community guidelines, I should say, that are enforced, which I think is awesome. I really love the feel of this community and the fact that there are so many communities there. They really encourage it, you know, like, like people listen to the show. You like a certain thing? You can find people with similar interests over at micro.blog. But my favorite thing about it is the amount of control that you have over your content. Your content is yours, and it can live wherever you want it to with your domain and everything. There's no ads. There's no behind-the-scenes algorithm that chooses which posts will appear on your timeline. And will also, similarly, there's no algorithm that says, like, if somebody wants to follow me, that they're not going to see what I post. If you always wanted to share your love of pens or anything, but have felt lost or discouraged by bigger social media sites, check out Micro.blog and you can meet fellow enthusiasts and the rest of the community who share interesting things that they love. Micro.blog hosting starts at $5 a month, but you can use your own domain and even cross-post to Twitter, Tumblr, and Mastodon. Using your own domain, your posts reside on a blog under your control, and you can use it via the Mac, iOS, Android, as well as the web. If you're ready to try a different blogging and social media experience, head to micro.blog slash penaddict, where you'll be able to sign up for free and try out all of the features of micro.blog for two months. And micro.blog have doubled that trial period for penaddict listeners at micro.blog slash penaddict for a two-month free trial. Our thanks to micro.blog for their support of this show. So I've been using it uh, a little bit over the past week or two. Because, like I said from the beginning, like I keep meaning to get back into this. And I don't know if I said this before. I, it was certainly in my head, so I may have said it before. It's comfortable social media. Like, I don't feel, like, anxious or I feel, like, like Instagram, I feel like, you know, I have to put on, like, you, you know, my, my, my best outfit and do mm-hmm. my hair and makeup to, to, like, go hang out on Instagram or or, you know, I have to be, like, on my A game on, on Twitter if I'm going to post something. Micro.blog is just like, I'm going there to chill and talk to people. And I was like, hey, like, this is the pen I'm using today. I was kind of, I'm not really doing like a pen of the day thing, but like when I pick up a new pen, I'll take a shot. It doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't have to be staged like for Instagram or something like that. And, you know, I just go and we chat about it. And, you know, like I, I posted my Milky Way, you know, my Namiki Milky so Way on there. Man. And someone just replied, wow, just wow, have you shared this pin before, right? So you're getting like these new people into these things. Like I've obviously shared the pin a lot before because it's it's really fancy and nice <laughs> to take pictures of. But it's like, hey, cool, like here's someone else who's interested in this stuff. So yeah, it's it's fun. I'm enjoying it. I'm going to keep using it. It is on the front page of my phone. Um, in the in the old, in the former Instagram spot, Mike. So uh, that's what I'm thinking about micro blog so far. Well, that's, that's a big, that's big praise right there. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about stacked nibs? Stacked yeah. <laughs> nibs. I want you to talk about this. Oh, <laughs> I want to know what you think. So, good friend of the show, Andrew, wrote a guest post for uh-huh. uh, the pen attic while I was on vacation. I want you to s- at least start the discussion of this. I feel like you're baiting me here. Because <laughs> you know I'm reading this and I'm like, I got to get one. I want one so bad. This looks like you. It looks like me, right? 
Yeah. I really want one. But it's this is one of those things, I will say, this is like part... Every hobby has its fringes, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and they can feel quite daunting to get into. Mm-hmm. And even though I read this fantastic blog post that kind of explains the history and the practicalities and all that kind of stuff and how you get your hands on a stacked nib, which we'll explain in a minute in yep. case you haven't read it. I was kind of left with the uh, at the end of the article still feeling like I didn't know where I could just get one. <laughs> it doesn't, it's not it's as simple true. as that. Yeah, we'll talk talk about that. And that's where like the fringes of all these kinds of hobbies, like it's, again, it's like similar with in the keyboard stuff too, right? Like for some of the more esoteric parts of an already esoteric hobby, it can be tricky to get exactly the thing that you find right where you're like oh i've heard someone say that this this switch this key that like this keyboard switch a key switch is nice oh but it's actually what they call a franken switch whereas you take two different Mm. switches that you buy and then you combine parts of them to make and it's like oh no this isn't (laughs) i can't just go and get this right so a stacked nib is kind of how it sounds it's multiple fountain pen nibs or components of multiple fountain pen nibs that are stacked on top of each other and welded together to create basically a double or triple nib in one. So you can get vastly thicker lines and vastly more ink laid out on the line. But depending on how it's ground, this is just stuff that we've spoken about on the show before, you can get different characteristics where holding the pen at a certain angle can produce a different line width. I mean, I desperately want one. (laughs) No. Yeah, this is right up your alley. Like, yeah, this is, is not up my alley. This is up my alley for being on the lunatic fringe, right? And yeah, I, yeah, I say yeah. that as a term of endearment. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is what I want to see. I want to see people pushing the limits, doing these these strange, weird things, and sharing them with the world. Like, those are my people, right? That are really like doing this stuff. So. I guess this kind of became famous from Sailor's Specialty Nibs, where they started Sailor's Basic Specialty Nibs were just like a singular nib, and then they had like a lot of tipping, and then that tipping was shaped into some of their different designs, like the Naganata Togi is kind of like the basic entry level. And then they move into stack nibs, where like you were saying, let's just say we stack two nibs on top of each other the result is that that tipping on the front can now be combined you know maybe not not you know necessarily like um you know through through welding but now those are they're used in conjunction by the rest of the nibs sticking together so now these you have like a double width nib on the front and then that can be turned into even more extreme shapes to get different types of lines when you're writing different, like you said, line widths, lots of variation. And a lot of these are designed to be used flipped over, right? So you flip, so you're writing with your nib in the standard direction, then you turn it over 180 degrees and they have so much tipping. The other side of the nib can be shaped into something completely different. Like a lot of these will have like say a broad architecture style nib on the bottom and then you flip it over and it's an extra fine nib on the top. Mm -hmm. So It's super unique. It's super fun. It's like I couldn't use them personally because that's not how I write. Like my writing, like this would be, it's too expensive for this to be a toy, which is what it would be for me. But for someone like you, it actually might come in like regular use. Now getting them, that that is the kicker. So the sailor ones are impossible to get a hold of. The ones Andrew talks about on... In the post, um, a lot of them are made by just people in the hobby, like single or singular makers like Ralph Reyes or Gina Salarino or Jim from Pensloth, that they're doing all this stuff and experimenting as they go. It's a long, complex process, highly involved to get this done, which obviously makes them very expensive. You're probably, you know, just for like one of the steel ones in a pretty normal layout is probably between two and three hundred dollars, right? Just that for the nib. Surprise me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's you know, air quote, worth it. Like, that's the time and energy and materials mm-hmm. and everything that goes into making this. That's for steel. Like, you get into gold, like you're you're into a whole another bracket. So, 
I love this. I like I love seeing this. I love using these when I go to pin shows because a lot of my friends have them. And I, I have never gone away from this going, yes, this is the nib for me. Like I want it, but I love and respect like what they are and um what they bring to this hobby and how in in other people's hands they're just amazing. So yeah. I think that should be on your list like one of these years. Yeah, and this might be one of those things where I feel like I need to try some first. Right. But it definitely feels like something that I would be interested in giving a go, which mm-hmm. I, I definitely haven't before. Mm-hmm. Um, it maybe I kind of I've known of them, but it always felt like a little intimidating. But now, kind of getting that mm-hmm. like primer from this blog post, uh, mm-hmm. it, I, I definitely from Andrew. It definitely feels like. Yeah, I think I I want all of the features that this provides. Like this is all of the type of stuff that I tend to like uh, in fountain pens, right? So yeah, and what we're seeing in the hobby is now we're being able to go to a pen show, and you'll probably never find one of these sailor ones. But you know, it's like oh, I know Gina can do this, yep. or I know Jim can do this. Let me just let me get, just go talk to them about it and look at it you know that's why pin shows are valuable that's why i'm glad the the shows are starting to come back because this is not something you and i I mean you specifically mike would ever just like go to the website and click buy on this because it's like that unique of an experience but when you go to a pin show you get that opportunity and i'm glad we're starting to have those opportunities again Mm -hmm. and it's because of the price it's because you know, of the price. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I it's because lots, of the price. We both have. We bought lots of pen things where it's like, oh, oh God, I wonder yeah. what this is going to be like. But we would be, you know, if you're looking at $300 for a nib, that's not even got a, got a pen attached to it, right? right? So, like, at that point, I, I feel like I need a little bit more uh, experience with it. Yep. Yep. Exactly right. So, I uh, they're fantastic. Um, so, yeah. Definitely check out that blog post if y'all haven't. Um, it, w- it was great. And Andrew put a lot of uh, time and effort into it. What a collection of nibs he has. I can't. That's a wow. Wow. All right. More my speed, Mike. Which I'm, I'm actually a little bit shocked the more I think about this. I unboxed um, this pen yesterday. And it is from Woodshed Pens. Mm-hmm. This is the Shimmer Collection Kickstarter that Mike Allen did last year at some point, And I backed um, you're familiar with Mike's pens. You have some of his pens, I, I do. believe. Yeah, at least one or two. I I love Mike's pens because it's always the same shape, and the shape is perfect for me. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like it's just kind of a great pen for me. So he did the Shimmer Collection, and I was like, Yeah, I'm in. I'm gonna buy one, and I backed the purple one on Kickstarter, and it arrived, and it surpasses expectations. Like I don't know how to describe it other than that. The way the purple material, the color of the purple material in combination with the green glitter that's in it, it just completely pops off. And I'm not as much of a glitter guy as you. I feel like you're a little bit more into like the glitter styling in barrels than I am. Like I have like a couple other sparkle barrels. I don't really have like a full like translucent fully glittered out barrel. I I can't stop looking at this and it feels great and it writes great. Like, okay, that's like secondary. It looks great. That's the best part about it is like, man, this pen looks cool. And I can't believe I'm, I'm saying that. Like, obviously I knew I would like it because I like woodshed pens as they are, but the material exceeded my expectations. So, well, job well done, Mike. And I inked it up with the Dorchester blue, which comes with it. It's like a uh, blurple. So it's kind of like a bluish purple. It's mostly purple. Um, when I was testing it out, I've inked it up with that in a 1.1 stub nib. I will be using this pen a lot. I just, it just came out great. I, I was, I don't want to say I'm surprised, like I know, I mean, Mike. I love Mike's work, so I'm not surprised about that. I guess I'm surprised at my own reaction to it, um, because I don't normally go for this type of pen, and I was really kind of taken aback by it when I've I opened it up and looked at it. So yeah, it came out great. Really, really like it. These feel like simple and effective. Yeah. I really like, like the difference with the uh, acrylic frosting 
uh, right. with the body and then like the ends, the finials of the pen where they're, they're not as like frosted. So yes, it gives it, it yes. Gives, like it looks like it's added on, but it's actually the same piece I expect. <laughs> I keep grabbing that area of the pen to see if I can like twist it off. It's like polished. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's yeah, very yeah. nicely done. <laughs> it's very good. nicely done. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, very happy with that. So so good job, Mike. Um, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad, Mike. Uh, not you, Mike. Not uh, I'm glad Mike was not running a Ponzi scheme. Not me uh, to get these out. So yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, I also got uh, crackers and cookies with it. So there you Perfect. go. It was a bribe. It was a bribe. The next product, Mike. How'd you find this? It was not a bribe. I was. Scrolling around jet pens as I do in the new arrival section. Do you do that a lot? Probably once a week. <laughs> I expect jet pens is one of the companies you would do that to more, right? Because yeah. if there's a big pen release, you're probably going to find out about it. I expect a lot yes. of companies contact you. But jet yes. pens has all their like weird and wonderful stationery and li- little accessories and stuff. So I can imagine mm-hmm. it would be one to poke around with. I've definitely spent a lot of time on the new arrivals yeah. of jet pens. Put it this way. They used to have an RSS feed for the new arrivals. Really? I and I used to that. subscribe to that. And so you'd go and it's it doesn't like trickle in like every day. There's something but it'd be like say like thursday morning like 50 things would yep. show up in your feed and you're like oh i'm going to look so um i don't subscribe to that anymore i just hit the new arrivals button and i saw this case right so here's here's how this went so this is the um sunstar deldy smand pen case great and branding well just wait like it's gonna get <laughs> even better like that's this is, the, love this, this. is the, this is the way so i looked at this mike and it's like oh cool like it's this really neat kind of structured triangular pin case in cool colors click buy add to cart the end it shows up okay like that's how this went just grabbed it threw it in the cart showed up at the house so i unboxed it yesterday on stream i'm like okay you know this feels great this looks good here's the zipper it's just opens into like a standard open pouch i was like oh this is gonna be really nice for my highlighters and then i started poking around the case and i was like what is this front panel like, I thought it was just, like, a stitched-in aesthetic thing. But what it is, the front panel on these cases, if you see the link in the show notes, you click them and you see it's, like, a two-tone. Well, that, say, I have the blue one with the yellow panel. That yellow panel flips down, mm-hmm. and it has, like, the rubber strips on it for you to stand your phone up mm-hmm. on there. Or stand whatever. You could stand your book up on there, mm-hmm. right? It's designed for you to lean something against it. And the theory is, it's so smart. I Once I discovered that, I literally had no idea when I purchased it. I just thought it was like a, this cool triangular pin case. But what it is, is like, it's that plus a stand for other things. So like, people would use that to draw, right? To have They could have their reference material up. They could have all their pens and pencils in the case, have their reference material up while they're sketching in their sketchbook. Um, either you know have it on their phone or have a picture or anything like that and i was just like this is the way <laughs> i was like this it, this whole thing blew my mind on top of that mike it's called smand s-m-a-n-d and Smand. i don't know what's happening here but it is the worst best name ever Smand. like can you figure out where this came from like i'm not setting you up i don't know like it i like it is it a like an amalgamation of of several words it's like i mean do you know what I would country say, like, this comes from uh, Korea or Taiwan, right? Okay, because I was thinking it might have been like some kind of Nordic word or something. But right, right, right. Oh, you know well, what you... it is, Brad? Hmm. That's like stand. Right. Right. But what? It's stand, with but with an M. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I can't get all the way there, Mike. Smart stand. It's... Small stand. Small... Smand. Smand. Uh... Smand. Smand. Mm. Smand. Smart. Smart stand. You think it's smart stand? Maybe. We're going to go with smand for like Benifer here. Like smart smart stand. stand. Smand. Smartphone stand. Smartphone stand. Smand. That's what I think it is. That's, That's what's happening in the meeting. They're all going around the room. And someone, someone like this is how the right. So there's like a conference room, right? You know, mm-hmm. y'all know the meeting, and there's like eight people sitting around there, and the this this case is up on the board, and everyone's like like locked in, like mm-hmm. all right, we're gonna figure out what to call this, 
this this triangular pin case and it holds your phone up and they're going around the room and everyone's going out you know saying like all these classic names and like oh it's it's the triangular thon mecca pin case deal and bob's back there with a powdered donut he just looks at it and goes smand and everyone goes oh bob that's it again bob bob like and bob's like what i was just enjoying my powdered donut like that's how i think this happened that's that's how i vision this anyway (laughs) i found the product page Mm -hmm. from del day Mm -hmm. but of course it's all in japanese but it says well, it says, introducing the pen case, SMAND, that allows you to place your smartphone horizontally or fo- vertically. So I really think it's, it's smartphone It's got to be smartphone. Stand. Smartphone stand. Smand. I'm just going to stick with SMAND because I. <laughs> it's just a great word. And this is a legit good pen case. This pen case now lives on my stream desk because I, as I'm recording this, my oh, phone's sitting Brad, on it. Do you know why they made this? This is so freaking smart. In recent years, there have been increasing opportunities to study while using online classes with smartphones. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're reading or you're on your like Zoom call or whatever on your phone and you're still doing your schoolwork. And it's all in one. Yeah. And, like, and all your, all your pens design. and pencils are right there in the case. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Great product design. I love this case. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's literally, I'm staring at my phone on this case while I'm talking to you right now. It is going to stay on my desk. Super good. Um, Very yep, nice it's product. Good. It's good. Smand. Smand. Let me tell you about another nice product. Nice. Hello. Hello, make incredibly comfortable buckwheat pillows. My favorite pillow. My very favorite pillow. I have slept on a hollow pillow every single night for years for many reasons. One, because I get great support. It supports your head and neck, unlike a regular fluffy pillow, because it's made with the buckwheat, the buckwheat hulls. They're kind of like, I don't know, it's close to like a bean from a beanbag kind of idea. Like it's an individual little thing and you have loads of them. But because they're all these little individual buckwheat holes i i really struggled to try and explain <laughs> but they're like indiv- little individual pellets let's just say for the sake yeah. of trying to Im- allow you to envision something it means you can remove and add them so you can make the pillow the exact size that you want it exact size that you want it because you can just change it however you want but also it doesn't compress down it can only compress down so much right because it's like a physical thing it's not smushy like a like a foam or like a feather or something so you really get that support also it allows for air to flow through the pillow more easily so it doesn't get warm and humid you don't have to do that flipping to the cool side of the pillow anymore because the pillow always remains cool people have been sleeping on buckwheat pillows for many years they're popular in many countries in the world including japan they can sometimes feature on a pillow menu at fancy hotels i have yet to find a hotel that has a pillow menu but it is a life goal of mine now so i can say hey bring me the buckwheat pillow because then i know i'm gonna get a good night's sleep because like we just slept in a hotel uh, last weekend when we did something for our anniversary. We stayed in London, and I had two like regular pillows, and it was like sleeping on an envelope, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because I'm so used to my hollow now. I just have one pillow, and it's nice and thick, and and it stays that size, and it doesn't squish down or anything. And I think it's super comfortable. Hollow pillows are made in the USA with quality construction of materials. They have a certified organic cotton case, which is cut and sewn for durability. And the buckwheat is grown in the milled in the United States as well. I'm sure you're pretty uh, curious to try one of these out. You can. You can sleep on a hollow pillow for 60 nights. And if it isn't right for you, you can just send it back for a refund. Go to hollowpillow.com slash penaddict right now to get your very own buckwheat pillow. That's H-U-L-L-O-P-I-L-L-O-W.com slash penaddict. And if you buy more than one, they have a special discount of up to $20 off depending on the size you opt for. Hello have fast, free shipping of every order. And 1% of all profits are donated to the Nature Conservancy. So give it a try. And if you like it, Keep it. If you don't, just send it back. Go to hollowpillow.com slash penaddict. A thanks to Hollow for their support of this show and Relay FM. The best products are the ones that ruin all the traditional products for you. And this is one for me. It is ruined pillows for me. I, I like it that much. I almost wish there was a Hollow pen so I'd stop buying all the pens. Yes, that would uh, happen. You then, then we probably wouldn't have 469 nice episodes of this podcast. Nice. nice. All right, Mike. I want to talk about my planner again, but not really. Like okay. 
you know, I will, we'll talk about my planner more, my planner changes more like, you know, give me a month or two as I, as I get into it and figure out the pros and cons of, of my new format. If you want to hear about that, you can listen to last week's episode, but I want to talk about the additional tools I am using in my planner, which was honestly one of the underlying reasons why I switched. Now I, I switched my layout because what it wasn't working for me my my existing planner wasn't working for me, so I needed a new layout. But the bonus of this new layout, Mike, is not only do I get to use a pen, I get to use other stationary items with this, and I want to talk about them. So the way I use my planner is I pick a single pen, and that's the planner pen for the week, right? It could be a fountain pen. You know, this week is the Namiki Milky Way, which I use a lot. And I try to only use that pen to plan the days, right? This is one of the way, this is going to come up later in STPA Mm -hmm. if we get to it today or even next week of how I rotate my pens and make sure I'm using as many things as possible. So is the planner pen physically attached to the planner? Never. Okay. You you just keep them around near each other. Yeah. I usually carry like the, uh, a pen case and the planner kind of, kind of move together. Yeah. Makes sense. They'll stay together, even though, and there's other pins in there, but i still only pick the one for the planner. So, you know, last week it was the Procyon because it was, I was in the middle of reviewing it and, you know, working on getting my thoughts down on that. So I just use it and use it and use it. And before that it was in a Johto pen, you know, where I would, it could be, you know, a rollerball, it could be a gel pen, it could be a pencil, whatever. I try to stick with one. But then I have like the notes section in the planner and then that section I can use whatever I want, right? I'm not saying I'm only using one pin per week. I'm saying like the planner, like the dates and time stuff that I try to use the same pin for a week. Mm-hmm. In addition now, with the way I'm I'm planning, I get to use a highlighter because I want to keep family stuff doesn't necessarily make the schedule breakdown, right? So like when I talked about my planner, I now have like a breakdown every 30 minutes, you know, 8 a.m., 8.30, 9, 9.30. So like all those little spots are for my work or my day, how my day is going to go. And then on the kind of the right edge of those time slots, I'll highlight, say if my wife is working from 8 to 8, I'll run a highlighter down the edge, the right edge of that, and I'll write in the highlighter, highlighted area, you know, Mary Beth work, 8 to 8. Right. And then like Mm. if, you know, my son or my daughter has something, those are different highlight colors Mm -hmm. and different lines as well. So I'm able to see my day a little bit better. It's a it's a better visual in this layout than what I was using before. So I'm using the Pentel Fitline double-sided highlighter in pastel colors. I've really gotten into these pastel color highlighters as opposed to the traditional, like, highly fluorescent highlighters. I like the little bit lighter colors that the Zebra uh, Mild Liner has made so popular, right? Um, they're really, really good. Um, just accent colors right they're not i'm not highlighting a textbook to come back and make sure i don't miss that i'm accenting a note that i i want to have a good visual on um just in general so i bought the eight color set of the highlighters i'm kind of liking the like the minty green one so far um has, has been the move in that highlighter space i use a pencil so this i don't know if you can tell <laughs> Mike, this is how excited I get about all this little stuff that I get mm-hmm. to use for my planner and stationery. This is why like I, I do the pen attic, right? Because I get obsessed about, okay, I just made a highlighter mark. What is the writing instrument? I am now going to write the information inside the highlighter mark in. So I do it backwards because I'll put the highlighter mark down first and then write on top of it because I might be using some pen that may not do as well if you're running a highlighter over it. So I decided for now I'm using a pencil. I'm using the Pentel Graph 1000. It's a limited edition Pentel Graph. This is the this is the little brother to the Pentel Graph Gear, the famous Pentel Graph Gear drafting pencil, which a lot of people know. This is the more I won't say subdued because these are 
really bright and bold colors, but it's a plastic barrel as opposed to a full aluminum barrel for the full graph gear and the grip is a little bit different. And I just really like the colors. Like I have the red one, which is a red and pink uh, gradient. And that is now the pencil that goes with the planner and the highlighter. And, you know, I'll mix that up sometimes. Maybe I'll use a pen there, but right now I'm using the pencil. I like the option of having a pen, a highlighter, and a pencil so far. My challenge, Mike, I know, I know you cannot wait for this section. The challenge I'm having mm-hmm. is I want my highlighters to be in a straight line. And I'm, I, I, my kids have stolen all my good rulers. So this is what I was talking about on stream the other day. I have this one of those triangular like architect or engineer rulers, you know, the triangle ones that have like the vertical part to them, you know, mm-hmm. you just turn them around and they have like, it's basically like a six sided ruler. I don't want that for my planner. I want a flat ruler, right? So I went shopping for <laughs> rulers because my highlighter line, I want it straight. Like I want it straight in my planner. Yeah. This is, I feel like you're a step away from Bujo country. I'm on, I'm there. Yeah, you're in it. I'm in. I have stickers now. I'm learning the Pinterest font. Th- there's washi tape right here, Mike. Go, oh, I got you go. this. You're in it. It's not. It's not on the in the in the dock because I haven't used it yet. But I have this one. It's really thin and it's got planets on it and they're foil you're and they're in shiny, it now, baby. Oh man, I can't wait to use it. I haven't figured out how to use it yet. No shade, by the way. I'm not. This no. is not me throwing shade. It's just like a no. different type of thing. It's like a whole practice. Yeah. You know? I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> I'm really enjoying having my little setup. And you know where all this stuff goes, Mike? Tell me. Smand. Smand. Right there on the desk mm. with the planner. All my highlighters, my pencil, my ruler, my planner stuff besides the fountain pen, if I'm using a fountain pen, goes in the smand. And it all hangs out together. So, yeah, I'm looking at rulers. If anyone has any ruler recommendations, send them my way. But I ordered... The high tide clip ruler, and I ordered the Traveler's Company brass ruler. I'm going to test those out. If those don't work, Y Studio, of course, my beloved Y Studio, makes a brassing ruler, Mike. I would <laughs> immediately gonna... buy this ruler if yeah. it was available in 30 centimeters. Yeah. They only do That's 15. Kind of just, yeah. Like, I'm good with the 15s to, to stay in the A5 book. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're great. It's good. For my case, use case of a ruler, I typically need a 30 centimeter ruler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna te- we're gonna have some ruler testing going on, Mike. <laughs> Just like I do with the pen testing and the pencil testing and the paper testing. We're about to have some ruler testing. So yeah, good. It's um, I I am in on planners. I'm in on hashtag planners. Feels like it. Um, I'm gonna be hashtag planning all the things. I like doing the hashtag planning streams. I haven't gone like full hashtag planning stream, but I'm like starting to. Like, that mess feels like with a that. good a good thing to do. Like, so in case people don't know, like this is this is you know, one of the many things that people stream about these days. One of them mm-hmm. is just like I'm gonna set up my planner for the week, and that's gonna be my Twitch stream. And yep. you know, it's like, I watch them all the time. I, I love bet them. you do because it, mm-hmm. it it feels like it would really overlap with. I mean, I'm clearly getting inspiration from that. Like the yeah. way I've never done what I'm doing now in my planner and I'm enjoying it. Good. And the the thing that people should know is you figure out the things that work best for you and the layouts that work best for you. Like I'm never going to be like the hashtag Bujo person that has art drawn all over their pages, but I watch people who do this and it's not necessarily for the art per se, but it's for how they're envisioning the planner working for them and what can I get from it, right? So it's it's a great learning experience. I want to ask a little bit about these um, these these Pentel fine liners. So they're like the double side ones. One of the images... <laughs> oh, do you have questions about this? <laughs> Why? What? What? What is it? I'm I want to just... see what you're going to say. If you say what I think you're going to say, it's going to be great. Okay, I don't know if I'm gonna. I'm, I feel like I'm gonna let you down now. This All right, a, I'm unzipping my smand right now to get one out. Oh my! Do we need to edit. Do we need to edit that out? This is a family show. <laughs> uh, uh, the, <laughs> the the larger side, yes, the thicker side. Does yes. it bend? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked, Mike. I <laughs> I was gonna put this in the show specifically to call out, and it's like, you know what? Nothing good is gonna come out of this, so I'm just gonna leave it out. And then you noticed this, Mike. 
okay. <laughs> it looks like like a uh, it looks like a hoof. <laughs> does it now? <laughs> Is that what it looks like? To yes. You? Okay, it does look like a hoof. Um. So I'm leaving it there. I, by the way, I had a real problem with these when I discovered what was happening with them. I ordered them because I thought the colors looked cool. Again, like the Smand pin case, I didn't know it had this additional feature. I'm like, looks cool, add to cart, send to my house. When I opened these up on stream, I was like, why is there a notch going around the highlighter tip? And I, I was like, is this for like, a, is someone using like a ruler that like that high up to get it, you know, closer to the paper or like to control the line? And even chat was kind of flummoxed by this whole thing. Then we went and looked up the the copy for the product. And it's designed to give you a flex in the highlighter. And I was like, who needs a flex tip highlighter? Also, like, how like, was... the, the way they describe this, I this kind of marketing is frustrating to me. <laughs> as if just by making the statement, it makes it true. So it just says, sturdy chisel tip flexes just enough to stay flush with the page keeping your lines mm-hmm. clean and straight hang on a mm-hmm. minute <laughs> hang on a minute is this a problem <laughs> we had like I, I don't so i don't i don't think that this was an issue <laughs> here's the final theory that chat came up with in twitch the other day and i kind of buy it but i don't know that it's necessary so say you have your large textbook and you're in the middle of it and you have the curvature towards the center of the spine it allows you to have a break when you're highlighting on that curve and the tip stays more on the page around that curve because the tip flexes that's I mean, that's, as good a, that's as we a got. mighty fine theory if it works the thing, out the thing is the tip doesn't flex like it does not work like that you have to like smash it into the paper my to get favorite the thing brad is so you've got that image of of the hoof the very yeah. next image on jetpen's website is the image of highlighting which is not yeah. straight right which is hilarious it's super to me. crooked <laughs> but, yeah because, okay yeah, it's it's it, it's a non-feature feature right yeah you will not buy this to use the flexibleness of the highlighter tip because it does not it does not bend unless you smash it like it's 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 a very thin notch around there, right? This is not, you know, it's not like you're holding like an apple stem, you know, connected to the apple. It's mm. it's it's basically just like one entire thing with like a little notch around it, and it just doesn't it doesn't do that. No I guess one needs to actually this. get a f- to get it to flex. You'd be pushing it down so hard; it's probably too much ink yep. that would come out. So, yep. when when you bought these, was your intention to use the thinner end or the thicker end? Like, what are you Thick. putting? You're doing the thicker end. So, here's and, the thing. Here's the thing again, Mike. I want to implore that. I I am not making this up. I didn't know there were two sided until they showed up. That's I've had that too, though. Bunch of, <laughs> right? Like I've I just had bought them. Like, oh, there's cool. two sides. It happens a lot yeah. with, fi- with 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 highlighters because in everyone's right. mind, you know what you're getting with a highlighter. You're getting the yeah. thick tip. Right, I like, never use the thin ends of highlights. I don't know what the thinner end would be for, really. Because what made you... I mean, because I, I think old favorite is the Kokoyo yeah. Beetle tip. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they have that. that's like the number one highlighter ever. It's just traditional colors. You know, it's traditional highlighter colors. Bit, I like bit, the pastelis. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised. Like the mild liners. I'm surprised. Like, I just, I'm just on a Japanese page for Kokoyo. They don't really have a lot of... Mm-hmm options yeah and if you and if you look at these like some pastel highlighters can be too light but if you look at the writing sample these are actually very very reasonable colors these are like oh it's just a lighter it's just like those fluorescents turned down Mm. a little bit not a complete complete change so i'm so glad you i was gonna put this in there i was like Mm. nah this will be like this will be a whole thing, and then you notice the whole time we were talking. <laughs> you I was just looking at the image, <laughs> like the whole time, because like I was just like, "Oh, what are these all about?" And like uh, I was just looking, and I'm like, "What? Is all right, it, hang what on, is hang it on for?" One <laughs> hang on one second. All right, I had to zip up my smand. Oh, is that that noise? Wow, I mm-hmm. thought you were gonna sneeze or something. Mm-mm. 
This All episode right. is brought to you by Harry's. You shouldn't have to choose between a great shave and a fair price, and with Harry's, you don't have to. Harry's is offering listeners of this show a starter set. Just go to harrys.com slash penaddict and you can check it out yourself. Harry's delivers a close, comfortable shave at a fair price, which is still as low as $2 per refill. And they're actually designed to stay sharp. A recent study found people who shave four times a week said their eighth shave with a Harry's blade was as smooth as their first. Harry's is a relatively young brand, but they have embraced centuries of blade-making tradition. They bought a German razor blade factory that's been making blades for over 100 years. Harry's doesn't believe in gimmicks or unnecessary features that are going to make things more expensive. Their design team combined a weighted ergonomic handle with their signature blade cartridge. It is a smart, simple razor designed for delivering a close shave along all the contours of your face. Harry's also believe in fair prices. Owning their means of production and using only the most crucial features allows them to keep their prices as low as that $2 per refill. And Harry stands behind the quality of their products so much that they have a 100% money-back guarantee from harrys.com. Brad, can you tell listeners what you enjoy about shaving with Harry's? Everything. Okay. Like, what do you, it's tell literally... me what you like about the handle. That's what I would like to know. Well, I, I, I use the the handle that has like part metal and then the part rubberized grip mm-hmm. right so i'm using still using like my pride handle from like about 3 years ago that they sent me and i just i, I don't know it's it's lightweight it's cool looking like it's funny like you don't need your handle to be cool looking necessarily when you're shaving but it's an added bonus i kind of yeah. like that Why not? like oh it man sits out i'm excited in the bathroom to use all it. the time like yeah. you don't want it to be ugly oh and i use the little harry's like aluminum a uh, little cube stand for that. So yeah, like I got the whole Harry setup going on again. It's just one of those products that's it's legit good. It's ruined other products for me. And I appreciate that completely like about, you know, product design and manufacturing and making of things is like, if, if you've made something like this good, like I respect the heck out of it that you've, that you've changed my mind about what I've used to use in the past. And that's what Harry's does. Harry's is giving their best offer to listeners of this show. New customers can get a starter set at harrys.com slash penaddict. You'll get a five-blade razor, a weighted ergonomic handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel blade cover of $13 value, all for just $3. There's never been a better time to try Harry's. Go to harrys.com slash penaddict to redeem your offer today. This is for new customers. Our thanks to Harry's for their support of this show and Relay FM. I'm excited about this uh, first Ask TPA question because I think it's going to wreck your brain a little bit, but we'll get there. I know. I've read this one about four <laughs> times in the last couple of I, It took me a minute. It took me a minute, but I think yeah. I got there. Yeah. Uh, this comes from Sean. If you had a $1,000 budget and you had to choose only one of the following budget categories to spend the money, which category would you spend it in? Zero to $100, 100 to $200, $200 to $500, or $500 plus? Uh, is the category you selected, so this is the second part, which we'll get to in a bit, is the category you selected the same as the category where you think the most innovation is currently happening in the industry? So when I first read this question, I was like, oh, I have to fill out a $1,000 budget. It's like, no, that's not the question. Mm-hmm. And then when I read the question the second time, I thought, am I giving suggestions for every category? No, that's not the question either. The question mm-hmm. is, if we only had $1,000 to spend on pens, what kind of budget range would we go for? So would we get like five pens that are $200 or would we get two pens that are $500 or whatever? Right. And you can't, like if you choose the $200, you can't go outside of that range. Exactly. Yeah. You have to spend all your $1,000 in the 200 to $500 range. You can't say, well, I'm going to have this $300 pen and then this $50 pen and then this $500 pen, right? You're fixed into that range. My only question is, are you... You said it, but the question didn't say it. Are you saying this is only pens or we do we have to have like paper and ink and all these other things? I, I'm guessing it's only pens. I think pens it has to be pens range. because if you go right. at the $500 category, you can't buy anything else. I mean, have you seen those Scribo ink bottles? Right, but like what <laughs> notebook are you going to get that costs $500? I know. I know. So yeah, so pens only. Yeah. All right. Where are you going to... You're fixed in the range that you choose to spend a thousand dollars, which group would you go? 
This is pretty easy for first? me. This is pretty. I think easy it's pretty for easy for me too. It's two hundred to five hundred. Yep. You get that's at two hundred dollars and five hundred dollars. The variance is massive, mm-hmm. right? It's bigger than one hundred to two hundred. Like, yep. To be honest, I think Sean's actually going to be easy on us here. Like, mm-hmm. there's there's so much in that two hundred to five hundred dollar range, and you could also like. You could buy one pen that's $500 at half your budget. Mm-hmm. Then you could buy two more at $200. You've got a great range at that point. Like that's that, exactly that right. feels like the easy, like that's the easy answer for me, honestly. Plus yep. as well, I mean, just for my, my, my personal tastes, that's where all of my favorite pens live is in that category. It, exactly. Like I'm in that category and I'm buying three pens mm-hmm. and I'm going to be ecstatic with every single one of them. Right. No questions whatsoever. Right. So it, there's a lot of options and choices in there. Now, I don't know if, you know, like we're a little bit more experienced than we used to be. Like we, I might have gone like a hundred, two hundred dollars before just because I didn't necessarily have the knowledge, you know, and there's a process over time that gets you into these different price brackets if you're so inclined. Right. And you don't ever have to be. You know, you can stay in the zero to one hundred dollars and be just freaking thrilled with with your pen. But depending on how deep you get into the hobby, you start figuring out, oh well, you know, yeah, I'm paying more for this pen, and but what am I paying for? Is it just like a nib upgrade, or is there is there barrel materials that actually make a difference in what I feel about this pen? And it gets into more like personal styles and tastes and aesthetics outside of like writing performance. And I think the 200 to 500 gives you the best mix of both worlds. It gives you the best functionality and the extras that make, can make a, like a highly personal pen really speak to you. So agree with you completely. I think this is a, I think this is an interesting question, uh, but I think that it's not surprising to me that we both want the same answer. So, so the second part of that question is: Do we feel that the category we've chosen is where the most innovation is happening? It's easy. Hmm. I I just think. I mean, if I want to be factually correct, the answer is no. Well, where do you think that's happening? Is it in the like the one hundred to two hundred? Uh, yeah, everything below that. Yeah. Because yeah, okay. like you're getting, you can get a killer piston filling pen for thirty dollars. Like, what are we? Is in is innovation um, an Arushi Nakaya or is innovation a piston in a fifty dollar pen? Right, and I think it's I think it's below. It's like, more like in that range. It's just more colors and materials. It's not actually innovation. Right. So like, we're not innovating as an industry to sell you a $10,000 pen because we've innovated this new thing. We're innovating in this industry to sell you something awesome for a lower price. I believe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's definitely the lower price ranges. It actually might be the zero to 100 price range because companies can uh, absorb the risk better at the lower price point. Mm, okay Todd asks so this month I am completing my doctorate which has been a five year process I would like to buy a fountain pen in celebration and I could use some advice I wouldn't say that money is no object but I would not consider an Akaya impossible just on the very tippy top of the budget probably a little bit over here's the hook my last name is Peppercorn which lends itself to a lot of these kinds of themes black pepper and yellow corn popcorn spices in general and the like oh of course Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Dr. Peppercorn. <laughs> For nibs, I gravitate towards extra fine and ultra extra fine or italic stub nibs. Some kind of fun acrylic pen would be great, but I'm open to anything that might run with some of these themes. Your recent discussion on episode 466 inspired me to think that going for the ultimate writing experience like a Pro Gear and a Kaya may not necessarily be the best route to take. There is a pen... <laughs> that immediately came to mind that fits most of these categories to a T. <laughs> but I don't know, but it, it's it's an aesthetic choice that only Todd could answer whether he likes it or not. And it actually might be, as funny as this sounds, it might be less expensive 
than you thought this might be. But that sounds like the budgets, you know, probably in that two hundred to five hundred dollar range that we were talking about, Mike. The Montegrappa Mia in Spice Explosion with an extra fine nib. Okay, Googling. It is. <laughs> it's called Spice Explosion. I have this pen in Meteor Shower, and I love it. Oh yeah, we were talking about this. I love. We've the look covered of this these. Pen. Yeah, these yeah, yeah, pen, yeah. every every color of this pen is great. Yeah, this one just happens to be called Spice Explosion, and it's got orange and black and color wise. Cool this looking. reminds me of my Estabrook. Yeah, because like, those kinds of colors, and I really love mm-hmm. the combination of the orange and the black and the silver. Yep. And I think if you wanted to fancy this up, I think you might can get like a gold nib in them, but I'm not sure. They do Montegrappa makes other Mia options um with gold nibs, like in different materials than this, so you'd have to poke around. And they're extra fine nibs. It, so Todd says he likes extra fine or UEF, which so which is like me, or italics and stubs. Um these also come in like they're extra fine. Montegrappa steel nibs are more than fine enough for my normal writing. And then you can actually choose a 1.1 or 1.5 stub. Those are actually options on mm-hmm. this pen. Um, so yeah, it just depends on if you like the style because, you know, otherwise, like, you, you're really wide open here. You could go for a Pilot Custom 823. You could go for a Pelican. You could get an M805 for under $500 if you shop around. And they've done some really cool colors um, that might match like the aesthetic you want. You may not get the the issue with Pelican for me, which it sounds like it might be Todd's issue, is an extra fine is still not fine enough in their writing. Um, so yeah, I'm looking at these Montegrappas and I kind of feel like that's a good place to be for the style and aesthetic. Or I don't know, maybe you just go for the... Uh, the Sailor Habanero, Sailor 2 Hot Habanero. But I I, I would probably pick this Montegrappa over that because I would just feel better about the money I was spending, <laughs> mostly. Um, mm. You know, save a couple hundred bucks and do something like this. But that's that's the one that popped into my head. I may be way off base in this recommendation. So Todd knows how to get in touch with me. And um, we can we can hash out a little more if you're if you're looking for... S- or something else but we'd be interested um, to know what you end up going with todd as well yeah because like one of the caveats is the ultimate writing experience mm-hmm. may not be the best route and i i don't know that i could define that anyway like because because it's different for each of us right just well, like I we agree were talking with about the thinking though right like that the, yeah, what yeah, yeah. saying is you don't have to make that the thing right and that was what we were talking right. about like it, it, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to enjoy it more because you do get into diminishing returns up at that level right right so yeah um yeah if i can if i can help narrow this down any that would uh i'd be glad to help if you want to submit a question for a future episode of the show, you can just send out a tweet with the hashtag RSTPA or use question mark RSTPA in the Relay FM members Discord, or you can email them to hello at panatic.com. At panatic.com, you can find Brad's great writing along with uh, the help of many other fantastically talented pen reviewers. You can also find Brad streaming most days at twitch.tv slash penaddict. Brad is penaddict on Instagram and he is dowdyism on Twitter and at Brad on micro.blog. Thanks to micro.blog, Hello and Harry's for their support of this episode. If you want to find me online, I'm at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. Uh, we'll be back next time with another episode of The Pen Addict. But until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs> <laughs>